everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. And coming up today, we're going to be talking about... Well, we're going to be responding to uh, an email Mm. that we received from one of you dear listeners. Um, And we're going to be talking a a bit more about this idea of privilege and cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation, man. It's a a hot-button issue. Ooh, all the kids are talking about it right Sizzling now. hot. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to settle everything for good permanently. We're yeah. going to we're going to completely uh <laughs> solve this this is it. The issue. This is the conversation right here. From now on you won't have to worry about it anytime anybody has any questions you it's can just re- refer them to us. Yeah, it'll be done. <laughs> done. <laughs> That's coming up in the second half of the show. Uh, yeah. what do you, let's let's talk about the some news that's happened in the news. Yes, indeed. The news in the news. Yes. Uh, do you want to go first or should I? I'll go. Okay. Um, you know that uh, that really just fine human being, Mother Teresa. Oh, a saint. We've <laughs> not yet. Ah. Oh, not well, that's yet. that's true. It's She's coming not. up. Is she, it? Yes. Um. The, uh, that, that, uh, lover of misery, Mother Teresa, mm. has had her, uh, her miracle has been approved. Oh, God. oh thank and God. So, uh. So she's well on her way to mm-hmm. sainthood. Sainthood has been set for September. Oh, okay. Um, he, uh, let's see, Pope Francis has, uh, given the final clearance and, uh, you know, for Mother Teresa, who is also known as the saint of the gutters. Ooh. Mm. Did the gutters um, need saints? Is she the patron saint? <laughs> Will she be the patron saint no, of gutters? No, she's down there in the gutters with all these poor people. With all the gutter snipes? Yes, she celebrates their poverty and their misery. And she uh, really did. I, she did. If you guys haven't read uh, Christopher Hitchens' book about this woman, yeah, it, you know, it's here's the thing. She's a figurehead. She's, she's a symbol to right. the religious more than she is an actual person because if they actually cared at all about what she did right they would uh there's this whole thing you know it's not unlike the whole like uh uh bill cosby thing where oh. where the information had been out for decades about his horrific raping of all of these women right and everybody was just like no that can't be true because he's Cause dr huxtable and yeah, it's bill cosby not possible so jello obviously you know. not true and then it took like one comedian hannibal burris just gets up and just continually just keeps calling him a racist or a rapist a racist no a rapist uh-huh. and then and everybody's like what the fuck is he talking about and then somebody does some research and goes wait he is a rapist what the fuck and yeah. suddenly everything blows up well, Nobody's been able to capture the world's imagination with Mother Teresa yet, but the the information's out there. She yeah. was a horrible, horrible human. Yeah, I mean the, the the narrative that surrounds her, the official narrative, is that she ministered to the poor and the sick, and which the, she did do. The disease ridden, um, and she just did it badly. Well, the, the the but she never lifted them from their condition. She no. enjoyed she she felt that there was. A, a connection to God that that the In poor suffering. and the suffering have. Yeah, and uh, so she would she would minister to them in the sense that like if they were ailing, she would bring them into one of her facilities, mm-hmm. and then 
not give them pain medication. Right. Not give them comfortable living scenarios. Exactly. Living situations. Put them Even in a shitty bed, was... uh, in a shitty... And she made... She raised shit tons of money. Oh, like yes. mega money she raised. Well, she was a, she's an international superstar. Yeah. <laughs> you she, know. She is. She well. Yeah. She was. Was. Now is even more. Yeah. Well, she's as as a saint of the gutter. Um that, that's that's nice though because everything needs its patron saint. Sure, gutters. Gutters. They need to flow properly. What about what about rain clogged. gutters? Do they are they included in her in her patronage? <laughs> Anyway, well, if you're in a gutter, she's the one to pray to. No, don't. She will leave you right where you are. Won't do anything. I mean, pray pray to somebody else if you want to. It's not. You'll have the same effect one way or another. Pray to a saint of like, you know, health. Yeah, and a saint of uh, you know, except that material goods. I think apartments. I I think the point is, pray to anybody you want. Not going to help you. <laughs> well, no, that's true. But if you're going to venerate anyone. Right, yeah. Venerate somebody who actually like has done good for poor people by sure. helping them no longer be, you know, uh, living in abject poverty. Right, yeah. That, that, that's a L- good thing. Lifting people out of the bad for, situation would be a that's great a good, start. Yes. That's a great start. Yes. Don't take people and then be like, hey, you've got poverty. Good job. Yeah. Come over here. I'm going to keep you. I'll make I'll keep you alive. Uh-huh. So you can keep so that you can suffering. Keep, keep suffering. Yeah. So that you can be close because to God. God loves suffering. God loves suffering. That's basically her message. That was her message. Yeah. She loved that message. Of course, that's not the message that she used when she went out a fundraising. No. 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 <laughs> She's a what an Albanian bitch. <laughs> Wasn't she Albanian? I believe you're right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and I believe she was a bitch. And a bitch. She was both of those things. That's terrible. I don't like the B word, and you just made me say it. <laughs> I made you say it. Yes, That's, Dan. Oh, I'm a horrible person. <sighs> Moving right along. Um, I'm going to go to Wheaton College, um, which is in... Oh, where is that? I don't know where it is. It's a. It's an evangelical college. Uh and it's one of them, yeah, so it's one of them Christian colleges, but they try to stand out from other evangelical colleges by actually, like, having some academic rigor to them. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it's a weird, it's this weird, cute thing that they do, <laughs> where they try and actually, like, educate people as well as, oh, like, yeah. uh, mislead them. Uh, they recently had a bit of a kerfuffle. Oh. One of their, uh, one of their professors... Uh, now, mind you, all of their professors are required to sign a statement of faith uh, to be employed there. Okay. Uh, so they, they do not employ any non-evangelical professors. Oh, they even have to be evangelical. It couldn't be just a person of faith. No, it's... it's it, I, I, I don't know they have to be evangelical. They have to be Christian. Okay, okay. All right, cool. Uh, so they sign the statement of faith. So one of their professors... Um, one miss uh what, what was her name um oh i've got it here somewhere anyway what she did was she in 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 solidarity with uh some of her with with muslim sisters mm. um she uh she wore a hijab on uh on 
a Facebook post or something. She posted a picture of herself wearing a hijab, uh, saying that um, they the the they believe in the same God. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, Solidarity. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Sort of. Sort of. Just. Just to say. You know what? There's a. There's a. Uh, she's a. She's a political science professor. Um. And she. Uh, she's. You know. She was just. Yeah. Oh, Hawkins is her name. Um, there you go. Larissa Hawkins. And so um, she puts. She puts this on. Pay, fo- and 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 then what happens? Like. Uh, she was suspended. <laughs> she. She's under surveillance now. Uh, Wheaton has decided that uh, no, they uh, they will not stand for such solidarities. Uh, uh, they said uh, unacceptable. <laughs> quote: Wheaton College Wait. faculty and staff make a commitment to accept and model our institution's faith foundations with integrity, compassion, and theological clarity. Uh, the college said. <gasps> so As they. Oh, it wasn't the hijab that got her in trouble. I think all of it got her in trouble. No, it's that we believe in the same God. Well, all of it is confusing to a poor evangelical student who needs everything to be very, 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 very clean cut. Yeah, but just putting something over her head wouldn't have gotten her fired. Well, just saying, hey, this is for solidarity for other believers. But it's her saying that we believe in the same God. Well, let me finish this quotation. Sorry, sorry. Uh, so it's talking about their fa- their their uh, faculty and staff. It says, as they participate in various causes, it is essential that faculty and staff engage in and speak about public issues in ways that faithfully represent the college's evangelical statement of faith. Okay. Okay. So I guess... It could be confusing, the hijab. Yeah, she wrote on her Facebook post said, I stand in religious solidarity with Muslims because they, like me, a Christian, are people of the book. Uh, And as Pope Francis stated last week, we worship the same God. Boy, she's just all over the map. Well, I mean, she's citing Pope Francis. I know. She thinks that's going to get her off, that that's legitimate. (laughs) I just think it's amazing to me that the, the... Something as innocuous, like that statement is about as innocuous as you can get. Yeah. It's so harmless. I wonder what she had done or said or, you know, prior to this. Like, this is not this woman's first mm. offense. No, I think They saw her already as something of either a rabble rouser or just she didn't quite fit with their community very well. Or, and this just gave them the perfect out. Or it could be that this was a response on her part to something else that was happening. It could be, yeah. In the thing. I, just, and, I feel like the story must be deeper than, than just this one thing. Or else they were so incensed by this <laughs> theological statement that she made, right, that they believe in the same God. How dare you say that this, right. that, that, that that awful... Islamic God. That terrorist God. That terrorist he's, he's God. He's the terrorist God. Yes. We don't believe in him. That terrorist God of brown people, by right. the way. <laughs> right. And right. she is she is of, 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 I don't know what her ethnic heritage is, but she's of a brown okay. persuasion. I think okay. she's black, but I don't, it's hard to see. But nonetheless, nonetheless, how dare you say that that's the same God, the same white and wonderful, right. peaceful, peace-loving, non-terroristic I wonder, God, I wonder if it made if it would have made a difference if she was white rather than a person of color. Because I'll tell you what, huh, a person no, of color in a hijab has a different visual effect on, especially on 
bigoted white folk. Well, a white woman in a hijab just looks like she might be a tourist. Right. She could, I mean, <laughs> she, she could, could, she, the she could be Audrey Hepburn in the back of a convertible. You don't know. <laughs> she's worried about her hair. Yeah. She's That's just, all. She's just trying to keep it from... Uh, you know how much? She's trying to keep her coiffure in order. <laughs> and... Uh, and also, she's okay with the, the uh, with the Muslims. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, so this isn't maybe the best transition, but I want to talk about um, this story that I read. It's actually more. It was a thought provoking story more than anything. Yeah. Um, which is so. It's it is, this was in the Washington Post. And the headline says, Burying the Infamous, How Killers from San, ben- San Bernardino to Columbine Are Quietly Laid to Rest. And I think... Oh, burying. Oh, I... Burying. I'm, 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 I thought... I, I, anyway, go on. I'm with you now. <laughs> I just okay. thought we were, like, burying infamous, like, information. No, no, no. The infamous... No. People. Like, killers. Actually... Terrorists. Burying folks. People who hit the headlines because they shot something up. Right. I can imagine that, like, yeah, like... Their funerals could be mobbed or whatever. Well, what they are uh, is usually done in secret Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. Um, They're announced only to, like... Immediate family. Immediate, immediate family. Right. Uh, Because really nobody else wants to um, hold any kind of memorial service (laughs) for these people. Um, but, um, it, it, this is a story that pops up every once in a while. And, uh, and I, I, I it's just, it, it's really quite interesting because, um, well, in the case of the San Bernardino killers, um, they had to find a, um, a, 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 a graveyard yeah. that would actually take them. Yeah. Right. Because because um, what the, what you don't want as as a cemetery owner is like people picketing a grave in your cemetery. Like you, right. it's supposed to be a place of respect and if people are like outraged by a person in there, that could be problematic. Yeah, absolutely. And so they had to find another um another cemetery somewhere um that was, you know, it's undisclosed. Yeah. All of these all of these um, cases that that this article talked about, they're undisclosed cemeteries that, um, for whatever reason, were willing to to, uh, to lay that these. person to sure. rest. Sure, um, and uh, so a lot of this is obviously also fear that there would be not only that first moment of. You know, protests and whatnot, but right. continued desecration of this. Of this yeah, grave. absolutely. Um, and so, some of the things that they do, uh, in addition to just like finding uh, a, an undisclosed cemetery somewhere, is that they also won't even mark the grave. No, or they'll mark it with something that only the family knows. Right, is that's that's where so and so is buried. Um, Here lies quotation mark Bob. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in this Muslim section right, of, exactly. uh, of, of the cemetery. Right. Um, but um, they, the story also goes in and talks about um, uh, the, the, the instance of uh, Dylan uh, Klebold, right? The Columbine yeah. high school 
shooter, one of them. Right. Um, and uh, I guess the uh, they were able to find uh, in a um, a minister in their area who was willing to actually hold a funeral for mm. him. Um, he was uh, sort of a liberal-minded Lutheran pastor, um, agreed to do the service. Um, only a few people, of course, showed up to the to the to the to the to the ceremony but the thing that he did because of course you know with any service the the pastor gets up and says some words and he decided to 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 focus in on the story an old testament story of absalom uh king david's rebel son Mm. uh, who took part in a revolt and was killed who doesn't remember that story very very famous story from the bible um but the the idea is these these services they're not about memorializing the the this dead person who did awful things they're right. about trying to give their survivors um closure. some kind of closure yeah um but um well i maintain that all funerals are for the survivors oh they're clearly for the survivors they're not for the yeah. the, the person's dead right they're not they're not participating really which does make it a little tricky yeah. Right. Because you do want to give the parents and the family something that they want. Right. Yeah. Uh, to hear. But at the same time, they they know that. Right. The, the, there, there's a there's a there's sort of an element <laughs> of like shadow. Good luck cast. getting closure on this bad boy. <laughs> Have fun with that. <laughs> I don't think the funeral's going to do it, kids. Yeah. It is, it, but it, it just, it raised this really interesting thing in my mind, which was this, the, the, there's cemetery operator after cemetery operator after funeral home operator right. after funeral home operator who says, nope, yeah. not in a million years. And then it takes this like one special person apparently to just say, you know what? I get that this is logistics that we're talking about here. Right. You've got a body and it needs to go somewhere. Well, I'll right. tell you who. I mean, this is America. Right. The person who takes it is the one who's like, "Sure, I'll take it. Cost you triple." <sighs> yeah, you're probably right. That's what happens. Yeah, you're probably absolutely right. If I'm going to deal with all of the bullshit that might come from this, yeah, you're going to pay me extra. Well, and to be honest, I do think that if I had a loved one who went off and performed some sort of atrocity like this, mm. um, I would definitely cremate the person mm. so as to not i mean i believe in cremation period i think it's yeah the, the the more responsible choice but um but nonetheless i think that's the way to go do we do we have <laughs> potter's potter's fields here in the u.s like where where like the, the, those were like, like where the poor the poor and, and, afford and, and, and and the unknown right. uh, bodies go i think there still are unmarked on you know grave sites i don't know about mass graves because wasn't that kind of the the idea behind a potter's field i'm not sure i don't know i i I may be wrong about that anyway but but yeah weren't the poor typically just buried in one big open pit find a thing to chuck them into and yeah like if you couldn't afford a proper a proper burial (laughs) proper burial Um, right but what's interesting is i guess with the case of um these two from San Bernardino is um, Muslims don't cremate. 
Right. I mean, Christians only have very recently, and then it's not even all of them are no, open to the idea. As a matter of fact, when I had my dad cremated, I was uh, I was gently shamed at his funeral for it. By whom? By some friend of his lady, some lady, some douche, some, maybe some family. Are person. you fucking kidding me? No, she she was like she she did it in the very Mormon way of doing it, which isn't to say shame, but is to go. And why did you have him cremated? Oh. And I was just like, oh. fuck you. Right. This is at the services? Yeah. At the, at the actual thing. I was like, oh, you fucking bitch. But I didn't say that. You should have. I should have. Yeah. I should have been like, well, because that's my decision to make, not yours, bitch. <laughs> How about that? And then and then she'd have her answer. Right. That's exactly. why you did. Right. Because I'm you're an, an asshole. evil dick. <laughs> That's why. Uh, yeah. Anywho, yeah, it was more just something to think, like that got me thinking. Sure, because I have. This is not to say that I have any sympathy for these pieces of shit, right? But their families, I got but sympathy families, for their families. I do have sympathy for, and I I want them to be able to move on. Yeah, um, with something that's unimaginable yeah you know it's tricky um it's unless weird. of course no, you should, know the we, families are sympathizers with their cause and then it makes things totally different but right. if they if this just like comes out of nowhere like let's say you are like the parents of of uh you know the kids who shot up columbine right right like yeah you don't see that coming yeah nobody there's nobody no ideology sees, sees that there. that's just teenage fucked upness teenage like mega angst combined with Access to guns. Access to guns and a whole lot of other crap. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. I think we should revamp how we deal with our dead entirely anyway as a society, but that's just uh, me. Uh -huh, I uh -huh. just feel like we need to rethink some things. Yeah. But I want more options. Yeah, exactly. I want... Where's that catapult we were talking about? Before? Catapult? The the 40 acres of wolves yeah. just running around? Yeah. Waiting for bodies to come over the fence? Yeah, where is that? Yeah. Let's do it. Velociraptors. See that? They need to bring back <laughs> Velociraptors. Welcome to Jurassic Cemetery. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to move on. Um, some very, very controversial stuff is, is shaken down in New York. Uh -huh. um, they've got a new judge in New York. Uh, uh, who, she was elected. Uh, her name is Carolyn Walker Diallo. Uh, and sworn in as a civil judge for the seventh municipal district uh, okay. in 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 Brooklyn, uh, she was sworn in on the Quran, for she is a practicing Muslim, and that is her holy book of choice. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Well, uh oh. Some folks don't see that as a very good thing. Are you supposed to swear on the Quran? <laughs> I. What am I, a Muslim scholar? <laughs> Apparently you so are. I always thought it's weird that you swear on the Bible. I think it's weird it that you... It seems yeah. very sort of... If you believe that that's sacred, it seems like a, like a very light-minded thing to do with it. But anyway. It doesn't to me. It doesn't? No. To me, you're... I mean, especially as a judge or, you know, a politician, you're taking a pretty important oath. Uh-huh. And I think that the idea is... And I get this. Like, the idea is... You're going to take this oath on something that is the most sacred thing to you. Right. Like you're this is a, like you're not just promising to show up on Tuesday for for my party. 
Right. You're promising to like hold a sacred trust uh, that the entire public is putting in you. Right. So I want I want them to be thinking about the things that are most important to them when they're making that promise. Right. Because, but now it's become so trivial. Well, yeah. I mean, frankly, right. I it like my res- my response to someone swearing on a Quran is at least that person isn't a hypocrite, which I assume probably eighty percent of the people who swear on a Bible are doing so hip- like hypocritically. They're doing so because well, there's no, there's, there's, they don't really give a fuck about that. And, 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 and it's almost set up that there's no choice in yeah, the matter. Right. Right. Like most people don't even think it through. She that, knew that, that this could, was going to bring they, down some, some yeah. shit on her, and she did it anyway. Right. So to me, there's, there's like, at least there's a lack of hypocrisy in that. She's not just doing it to, as a show for the people. Sure. Okay. That's not how a lot of folks on Facebook thought. About this thing. Oh, really? I thought I'd just read you some quotes from, oh, from, no. the, from the comments sections. Bracing myself. Uh, somebody said, another piece of shit Muslim trying to take over this country. <laughs> Which I think is so funny. First of all, here's what I'd like to point out to that person. If you like the fact that this is a democracy, you need to accept the fact people are allowed to try and take it over. You're allowed to do that in a democracy. If you've got the votes, you can do it. <laughs> if you've got, you know, if you convince enough people that it's the right thing to do. That and by take over, you just mean run for office. Right. And get your compatriots to run for office. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're allowed to do that in the yeah. United States. Mm-hmm. If you, like, if by, quote, take over America, you mean go to law school, learn the legal <laughs> system, excel in your field, be elected as a judge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're allowed to take over as a yeah. Muslim. Right, right. Is this actually one of those judgy ships that needs a a law degree? Because not all of them do. A lot of the elected ones, they don't even... I don't know. But anyway. All yeah. right. She's a civil judge. I just assume she's a lawyer. Huh. I don't know. Uh, someone else wrote, how is using anything other than the Holy Bible to be sworn in acceptable? Absolutely disgusting. What a shame. And pitiful place New York has become. Oh, pitiful. Oh, I pity. I pity. How is it New acceptable York. that anyone could believe any that anyone in in a country of pluralism is allowed to believe anything other than what I believe? <laughs> How is that acceptable? Right. Well, there's a tradition, Dan. The way that it's been done here, and it's been Christian. Yeah. And it's been white. Yeah. And male. And male. How dare she? She's doing all of the things incorrectly. <laughs> she is she is wrong on all of the fronts. Yeah, yeah. She sh- someone else wrote uh, that is so sick. She should be arrested for that. <laughs> <laughs> and the law, sir? Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. madam? Yes. Could you please cite this the uh, the cita- the the, the statute uh... that she is that she is falling afoul of? <laughs> I think that the problem here is that. I mean, here's what this is pointing out. These people, I believe, are being genuine, and they honestly think that somehow their privilege is enshrined in our legal system, in our laws. Mm -hmm. And they actually literally don't know that it's not. Mm. They genuinely don't know that a Muslim has has as much right to be a Muslim as they have right to be a Christian. That doesn't seem right to me, though. You, uh, you, you, you disagree with sure. that assessment? I don't know. That just that lacks a certain um, 
Uh, it doesn't seem to jibe with your no, understanding of, no, of the Constitution. Yeah, no, oh, no, 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 not even the Constitution. Just, just the laws. Just life in America. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, it seems weird to me. Yeah, it's it's uh, nuts. So anyway, there you go. She's a she's a judge now, but for many, that doesn't count. Well, she's not my judge. <laughs> no, no, hashtag I, not my judge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, here's a story um, that uh, we may have touched upon before. Oh, okay. But um, I wanted it, there's an update. Okay. To it. So, do you remember this uh, plumber? Maybe a year or so ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Not not Joe uh, the plumber. Not Joe the plumber. Okay. Um, but um, just a, a, a plumber by the name of Mark Oberholzer. Okay. He's so Texan, he's from a town called Texas City. <laughs> wow, that's as Texas <laughs> as you can get. Texan, Texan. Yeah. Um, he, um, he is accusing uh, a car dealership in Houston, the AutoNation Ford Gulf Freeway. <laughs> okay. All right. Of um, trading a, a truck that he traded into them to terrorists. Wait, what? Okay, so... There was, he, he went into the dealership at, in 2013 and traded in his uh, F-250 sure um, for a new pickup, right? As right. A deal. Yeah, yeah. And he left on the side the decals, Mark One Plumbing, and then his phone number, right? Oh, and, oh I do remember something about okay, this. Okay, right. And he, he was told at the time by the 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 salesman that to not worry about taking off the decal because i guess he had started to like kind of scratch at it and take it off and he was like no 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 don't we'll take care of that we'll oh, sell it okay. we're gonna take care of that um well nobody took care of it and <laughs> it got sold apparently to to or transferred in some way to isis militants because it showed up in a video Right. right, I remember this. Oh my right. god! Yeah. Okay, so it sh this video, this still from the that I'm looking at, uh, shows um, a militant in the back, back in the bed of the truck. Yeah, they've mounted a, a, a machine huge gun. Machine gun. They've right. mounted it to the to the like the the fifth wheel thing. Like this on is the... some big fifty millimeter or something or other. Yeah. Right? Like this is that's a big ass machine gun. I think it's taken down some shit. Um, well, anyway, <laughs> it's like in a recruiting video. And there in the video, plain as day, is his phone number. Right. Is Mark One Plumbing. And so this, and poor, this poor guy phone right number. here gets accused of being an ISIS sympathizer. Oh, he got some unhappy phone calls from that. Um, apparently, he's received <laughs> well over a thousand angry phone calls from people. Yeah. So he's suing the dealership. Texans don't love uh, when you when your shit shows up in an ISIS video. Especially not Texan Texan. <laughs> um, one million dollars he's suing. Yeah, I so mean, I don't know. I don't know. Does he have a Does he have a case? Maybe. Here? I mean, if the per if they actually assured him that they would take that off, like normal under normal circumstances. If they don't, it's like, yeah, no harm done. Maybe your business actually gets a few more extra phone calls. Yeah, right. But if it ends up in, like, Syria and people are shooting out of it. Right. 
It does seem like a mild liability thing. You want that off because yeah. if you're dri- if that truck's also driving around like an idiot or gets in an accident, does right. a, does a hit and run, yeah. right? There's the name of your business with your phone number on it, and right. you're getting the call and being accused of X, <laughs> Y, and Z. So, so, so no matter what, is our takeaway from this? You want that thing taken off? Take off your decals before you sell your truck, people. That's that's the main takeaway here. Well, yeah, I don't know. Then again, if he gets that million. Uh, then, then maybe that's not the well, takeaway. But the odds <laughs> that your pickup is going to be traded off and go. I, what's the supply line? That's that's what's blowing my mind here. Is like they don't have used pickups in Syria. Not they, well. They probably don't have a lot of Ford F two fifties, and we know uh, those yeah. are good trucks. It, that, that that's a fine truck right there. <laughs> I don't care if you're a Chevy guy. I don't care what you say. That's a good truck. I mean, things that you can mount that serious of a gun in the back of. Yeah. You know, like, how many, what is that, a three-quarter ton truck, the 250? What is that? Uh, it's a big truck. It's a big truck. It's 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 double uh, an F-150. Almost. <laughs> no, not quite. Not quite. You, you're, that's a hundred no, more. I'm doing truck math. In truck oh, math, it's double. I think you just lost some people right there, Dan. And, and in tr- what are you suggesting? That truck? I'm suggesting that math works differently on trucks than it does on... on uh, regular in the world i don't know that that's true anyway uh isn't that a isn't that a trip i think we need to it's you got yourself a business model right there if you can you just i mean it's just a supply chain thing yeah if you can if you can start snatching up good used u.s vehicles and sending them off to isis they're well funded you could make a fortune and does this and i'm stealing a line a little bit here from the article but um does this uh how, how does this relate to the old uh, adage that uh, no publicity is bad publicity? <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think we may have discovered where that line is drawn. Uh, yeah. we, we may have found we may have found that line. Uh, I'm going to take us to Virginia, uh, oh. where there's been a kerfuffle, and here's an interesting another kerfuffle. Yes, there's kerfuffle. Wow, we, we should this call is ourselves kerfuffleful episode. We should call ourselves the kerfuffle report. <laughs> Welcome to the Kerfuffle Report with Frank and Dan. Uh, In Virginia, now, this is, I am reading this off of a website called conservativefiringline.com. So their take on it is going to be slightly different than our take. But I'm going to say this. They may have a point. Oh, I'll, I'll throw it out there and then we'll discuss whether or not they have a point. Tell me the details. Their article starts with... Where's the ACLU or the Freedom From Religion Foundation when you really need them? Oh, boy. Here's what Uh-oh. happened. Okay. Uh, a a uh, school uh, the sc- uh, school district uh, is now defending an assignment that was required of students that uh, had the students copy some uh, Arabic uh, calligraphy, very fancy uh, Arabic calligraphy. Okay. Um, much uh, more uh, intricate than the standard squiggles that you see in Arabic. Right. Um, I do like calling Arabic squiggles. I don't know why. It just looks like <laughs> squiggles to me. Anyway, uh, turns out that if you translate these Mm-mm. particular squiggles, yeah, well, you've got the phrase, there's no God but Allah. Yeah. Muhammad is a messenger of Allah. I've got news for you about... 75% of the squiggles all say that. They all say that. <laughs> or something akin to that. Right. 
Uh, so apparently the uh, this one, this particular faith in schools story is riling the, the right instead of the left. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting considering the fact that if that said, uh, if they were transcribing something that said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, I'm guessing they would have no problem with that. Um, right. So, I mean, it is something I think that maybe the ACLU should be a little pissed off about, even though now apparently they didn't uh, tell the kids what the phrase meant. They just asked them to do a copy of it. And More insidious. <laughs> right. That's even. Well, what's funny is that in order to get sinister in right order there. to get too mad about this, you have to somehow believe in the magical thinking that writing something in a language <laughs> you don't understand <laughs> might make it so. <laughs> Wait, did these kids just convert to Islam? Because All of them. Every last one of them is what? now is now they're a terrorist. They need to be rebaptized. They've been radicalized. Yeah. I, oh boy. I just think it's so weird. Like, you've got an entire language of words, and and you you're, you choose that phrase? Well, it's, here's the deal. That's just, It's like you're begging someone to get mad at you. Right. But they, well, first of all, the teacher had no clue. Probably. They just right. found a piece of, of Arabic script. That was pretty. That was pretty. Um, but my understanding, don't they do that big calligraphy thing? Isn't that mainly part of religious expression i'm sure it is because the whole thing is they 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 don't do pictorial representations right. of god right right and so, so yeah. they do a big pretty like flowery calligraphy thing for anything related that, to that god says something about god nevertheless right? i just think you know what if you really want to do this lesson go out and find somebody who's you know find an arab uh, calligrapher uh-huh and say could you please write anything other than this right in pretty calligraphy right D eat at joe's it doesn't matter it's it, just any people for the people right exactly. by the people. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> e pluribus unum how do you translate that to arabic it doesn't matter anything that doesn't include the word god because right. frankly they literally are begging for both sides to come crashing down on them with this yeah if nothing else even if I mean, it's just a social studies assignment or whatever. It doesn't, it's, not, I'm not really outraged by this. Yeah, I'm not too outraged. I, I'm actually not outraged. But um, I will say, because here's it's the deal. wildly there, stupid. There is a certain amount of, it is wildly stupid. Um, but there is a certain amount of acknowledging that in the process of acknowledging the world that we live in. Right. Right. You do have to acknowledge that there is a religion at the center of a lot of international turmoil right now. Well, and, re and, and but also religion at the center of a lot of culture. Right. Like you can't teach art history. Exactly. And just skip the last supper cuz it got Jesus in it. Exactly. And so there does have to be a little bit of space here. Now I think that the assignment of like drawing the the piece of calligraphy was just begging for yeah, problems. You're just you're right? just because it was probably just a photo in the social studies book right or something you know like i don't know it's funny hey, because why the, don't you draw this picture right the here. example that they gave i mean i'm guessing that some outraged parent was sh just sort of uploaded their kid's assignment or whatever i'm turning it around so that frank can see but the example that th that kid sucked yeah at, at mimicking this arabic i mean it's right. it's very very intense stuff but still that kid did a shit 
job of that. <laughs> and that kid's going to flunk art Poor for sure. Kid. Anyway. Did uh, they actually hand out like calligraphy pens? No. So that they could do this properly? Doing it in pencil. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, if you have anything that you'd like to say about this or any of our any of the stories that we've talked about today, uh, please do, dear listener. You can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Sure. Uh, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. And while you're on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. It's a closed group. You have to request to join it, and you have to be let in. And then you have to pray that I will get to you eventually. Prayer. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to hear, you know, tis the season. So we'll just let uh, old Patty Robinson, Robert Robertson. <laughs> or Patty Robinson. Patty Robinson, you know, the baseball player. No, uh, Robertson. Yes. Uh, he, will, he will now He's tell do us his thing. all about uh, Christmas. Well, Christmas all over again. Uh, the Grinch is trying to steal our holiday. It's been so beautiful. The nation comes together. We sing Christmas carols. We give gifts to each other. Uh, we have uh, lighted trees, and it's just a beautiful thing. Atheists don't like our happiness. They don't want you to be happy. They want you to be miserable. They're miserable, so they want you to be miserable. So they want to steal your holiday away from you. <laughs> I want their happiness? <laughs> yeah, you don't know. You don't want them to be happy. Oh, I want you, to steal their happiness. Yes, you Grinch, you. Oh, you no. Grinchy Grinch. Yeah, of course oh, you do. No. You just want to swipe it away. They're having fun over there, and I'm miserable over here. <laughs> I they need to be miserable, too. I do love That's that argument. I love that argument. It's just... It's so it's so it's such a willful straw man uh, to what we're trying to do, because mo like most atheists that I know participate in Christmas in some way. Well, yeah, they that's find, what's going on. We were all raised with it. It's cultural. It's yeah. part of our thing. If all we want is for you is for the government not to say, yeah, we're all Christians. I I participate in most all of the holidays yeah. that are sort of. You know, that do I'm you, surrounded do by. Do you have an Easter thing? No, but that's not something that really surrounds you. Mm. But if I had kids, I'd probably do an Easter egg hunt. And yeah. Get them a little candy and whatnot. Yeah, you know? sure. Like, why not? There is there is a secular side to it. Right. Not a very, you know. I think it's, it's funny. A, a, a large part of it that's secular, but it's there. I think it's funny that Pat Robertson's own show actually ran a segment about how the uh, the pilgrims... The, the puritanical pilgrims mm -hmm. refused to celebrate Christmas. Yeah. They thought it was bullshit. It is bullshit. They thought it was like anti-Christian because A, yeah. and, and they would point out that like, we don't, there's no evidence for when Jesus was born. We don't know when he was born. Right. And we don't know. And, you know, these were all, as atheists love to point out to Christians, these were all, you know, traditions in druidic and and yeah, celtic pagan, yeah. pagan uh -huh. uh, uh traditions and they were just stolen by the christians oh yeah stuff. so Great. like it's good fun yeah exactly it's so good fun it's not us trying to take it away from you we're not trying to take away the fun we like the fun yeah we're just trying to celebrate our way without you guys trying to tell us we have to be christian that's the main thing yeah no that's yeah 
Absolutely. Anywho, uh, we've had some folks write into us. Um, you remember Frank? We uh, and oh, and call into us as well. Yeah. You remember that we uh, we had we talked a little bit about uh, schools in 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 the UK in the UK, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, they were you know we talked about uh, faith schools and yeah, how yeah, yeah. there's a, a significant number of uh, faith schools in the UK uh, are. Or, or of the publicly funded schools in the UK. Yeah, and this was news to me. I had never Our heard of faith this schools. Um, we also heard, so, and, and we talked about how uh, RE, or religious education, mm-hmm. is required in, right. in British uh, uh, primary schools, I think. And maybe up through uh, other later schooling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, got, we got one email from Alexandra. Who said, hey, guys, just a mini fact check for you from a Brit. Uh, RE, religious education, in England is not based on the Anglican faith. Do you know what a Sikh is? Uh, Well, yes, I know you do. But I would say that 95% of Americans don't don't even know this religion exists. But I do, and all British kids do, because in RE class, you learn about all the religions. In fact, it's a history class. Nothing could be more secular nor disabuse children that are that these are legitimate faiths than learning in depth about every major and many minor world religions. Hmm. So don't panic. Uh, Brits are still completely better than the U.S. Well, <laughs> Miss I didn't know that's what we were going that road. Well, I I, uh, I will I will have to politely disagree with you. Uh, <laughs> Brits are only mostly better than the U.S. <laughs> Uh, no. We also got one, uh, an email from the Mad Humanist, who I believe has his own podcast, which oh, okay. you're all welcome to check out. Yeah. Um, Dear Frank and Dan, in your last episode, you talked about faith schools in the UK. It is indeed true that for historical reasons, many of our state-funded schools are run by churches, especially the Anglican and Catholic churches. These schools are generally regarded as better by most parents, although research by the British Humanist Association suggests that this is misleading and that the schools are just getting disproportionately middle-class children. Mm, That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, That's probably the case. Also, although British people generally do not believe in God, they have a ridiculously rosy picture of religion. Hmm. My first two schools were state were such state funded Catholic schools. Uh, there was a lot of talking about religion actually in the school. Every Monday morning, the headmaster would stay. And who of you was on Cal- Calvary yesterday? And my parents did not. As my parents did not at that time take me to church, I started the week drenched in guilt. And um. did you catch that? I almost said Calgary because. Every because when I was growing up, half my family was from Calgary, Alberta, and I got those two mixed up all the time. <laughs> I literally thought that Jesus died in Canada. I think for, oh, a, no. for a portion of my oh, childhood, poor little dad. I thought Jesus was uh, oh so confused. Jesus died on Calgary. Anyway, <laughs> I'll keep going. Um, although these schools are usually decent schools, I am opposed to their existence. Most British people are clearly not damaged by it. When they are, as I think I was, it is because of how the indoctrination interacts with other stuff in the child's life. The British Humanist Association has a valiant campaign against these schools. However, I am afraid things are getting worse. In Northern Ireland, almost all the schools are either Protestant or Catholic, and this helped fuel the violence there. 
The general trend seems to be toward more religious schools rather than less, and both major political parties seem to be supportive of this and totally failing to join up the dots. Hmm. If nothing That's happens funny. to reverse it, I suspect in a hundred years every child will go to religious school uh, that go to the religious schools that most matches their identity. So there you go, harrowing Ooh. tales from that uh, so religious place of the United <laughs> Kingdom. It's just ironic more than anything. It is ironic. It's true. Mm -hmm. uh, did we have a voicemail we want to play? We do. And this comes to us from um, Susan. Hi, Frank and Dan. I love your podcast. Um, my name is Susan, and I'm from El Paso, Texas, which is right here on the border by Ciudad Juarez. When I listened to your podcast and got the new ad, I guess I figured um, that I understood more Spanish than I do. So I wasn't sure if he was trying to sell me a phone, a car, or a baby rabbit. <laughs> because the ad went on and on and on. And I could have sworn I talked about baby rabbits. So anyway, um, just thought I'd let you know. Bye. Well, that brings up a good point. And thank you, Susan, for the call. It does bring up a good point. To all of our friends in Ciudad Juarez, hola! <laughs> Who are listening to <laughs> us right now. Uh, yeah, no, there there are ads yeah. that, that, that will play. We got some ads. Um, yeah. And apparently it knows where you are. Yeah, so huh. I didn't. I didn't know that. Look, we, we we are not. We will admit in control of the ad of of, of the ads. <laughs> of that which are, ad is going to play? Right. So uh, we hope that you don't uh, hate us for putting the ads on. Uh, do let us know how you're reacting to the yeah. ads. Um, it's helping us. Uh, we hope we don't. We don't know how much money we're going to get out of this. Probably not a lot, but uh, you know, every every little bit helps. Um, while well, we sort of sort out the whole advertising yeah. portion of what uh, we're doing yeah, here. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we, uh, sorry if you have to sit through an ad that you don't actually understand. Well, and it should just be one and it should just be right at the beginning of the show right. before it plays. So I, you know, it's okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, hopefully go out and buy some little rabbits, uh, support our sponsors, I guess. <laughs> We actually have no connection to our sponsors. Yeah, and then uh, let's let's just play the other voicemail as well. Uh, okay. Hey, guys. First of all, I want to say I absolutely love your show. I've shared it with, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of people that I come in contact with. Uh, calling from the great city of Atlanta, Georgia. I uh, wanted to comment on uh, episode 211. You're talking about prayer shaming. I wanted to say uh, a quote that I'd read uh, many years ago that has always stuck with me that Prayer is like masturbation. It feels great to the person that's doing it, but does absolutely nothing for the person being thought about. So I thought you guys might get a kick out of that, uh, comparing prayer and masturbation. Anyway, uh, hats off to you guys. Keep up the great show, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Well, yes. Yeah. Prayer is like masturbation in a lot more ways than that. <laughs> You do it alone. Nobody's actually paying attention. Yeah. There's there's a lot of ways that prayers like masturbation. Anyway, thanks for that. Um, <clears throat> down in Hotlanta. It also brings up, he also brings up a very good point, which mm -hmm. is uh, if you like us, and mm -hmm. we hope you do, mm -hmm. wouldn't hurt to tell some folks. Share us. Be nice to share yeah. us. Sharing yeah. is caring. Yeah, um, sure. 
we we got one more uh, email. All right. Uh, this is from Jacob. Frank and Dan, I've been out of the atheist closet for about a year now, but I've been peeking out for a while before that. However, I live in the Bible Belt. I'm in the, U- I'm in the U.S. military, and I'm married to a very Christian lady. These things combined can make it incredibly hard to relate to the people around you if you're a non-believer. As I'm sure you both know, when you feel like you can't be your true self around others, it can get quite lonely. However, I want you both to know that because of TGIA, I I didn't feel quite as alone. I found solace in your podcast several years ago, and through those years, it's uh, the only one that I've continued to listen to. You were the secular friends that I needed, and even though you didn't know it, even though you didn't know it, you were there for me during all those rough times. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you were there for me. You guys were there for me when your daughter, when my when my daughter was hit with a completely random and life threatening illness. She survived and fully recovered, and I very clearly remember a nurse coming in and saying, "Oh, thank the Lord Jesus Christ, the steroids worked." That's right. Oh, that's a peach, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You guys were there when I told my wife I'm a, that I'm a non-believer. This didn't necessarily go so well, but all is fine for now. Hmm. You guys were there when I told my family. Turns out my brother is an agnostic Buddhist, but didn't huh. tell anyone. And my parents just said, okay, cool, do your thing. We love you. On a side note, I realize how lucky I am on that one, and I'm so very grateful. These days I have several friends with whom I can speak openly and honestly about religion. I no longer hide my lack of religious belief. I'm teaching my daughter to question everything. I re- <clears throat> excuse me. I've recently been hired for a job in equal opportunity where I get to fight the good fight against religion and other discrimination obviously in the workplace. Fantastic. Thank you a thousand times over for all that you've done and continue to do on the podcast. Uh, I want you to know that I probably wouldn't be in as good a place uh, as I am now if I didn't have your podcast to both support and hasten my escape from religion. Well, that's amazing. That's really nice. Yeah, I normally don't read that kind of an email because uh, it sounds like we're just sort of tooting our horns or something like that. But it's such an appreciated thing. I'm very glad that we, uh, we can be there for people. Yeah, uh, in that's lovely. We that's really, really nice. Um, we have some new donors that we yes, need to we thank. Uh, I'm going to start by thanking Jillian, who, uh, who who very kindly gave us a one-time donation on PayPal. And uh, you can talk to us about what's happening on Patreon. We have six new patrons on Patreon. Okay. Liz, Emily, Denzel, Peter, David and Rachel. Oh my gosh, you guys! You thank you so much. It's amazing. Uh, we are so appreciative uh, of all of the help that we receive from our listeners. It's uh, it's it goes a long way. So thank mm-hmm. you so much, you guys. You are the best. And if any of the rest of you want to be the best, you can do so by going to uh, thankgodimatheist.com and clicking on the Patreon link. Absolutely. There. All right. So mm. I'm going to. We're going to go to the one more email that's going to launch into our final conversation. Ah, interesting. Yes, indeed. Uh, this is from Adrian from France. France. Uh, yes, we do have some listeners international. We are an international program. We are. A show for the masses around the world. May we. And beyond. Oh. I'm pretty sure the space station, they listen to us. Ooh. <laughs> that's supposed to be French. It's just a noise. Uh, hi, Frank and Dan. Uh, I'm writing to you because I feel I am. 
Uh, I feel quite weird about the cultural appropriation issue. Well, I Mm. feel quite weird about me not being able to say that word. Yeah, Dan. Um, I have a hard time with the whole concept. I would like to say first that I am French and live in France, and I have not heard much about cultural appropriation in a French context. Hmm. Obviously, the social context is quite different here. And he says, note, I am a white cis male. Okay. Um, We have all the details. We do. Uh, I get really, I get that really offensive stuff is offensive. Blackface, for instance, is a rude reminder of segregation era, and I get that dressing as a black slave is wildly inappropriate, to say the least. But from everything I hear, it looks like anything that I could do that is not strictly white culture, uh, and he says in parentheses, is that even a thing, uh, is cultural appropriation. It feels like there's an assumption of bad intentions and would uh, and and would offend, uh, and and it will always be perceived as an attempt to oppress, no matter the amount of precautions and marks of respect one demonstrates. Mm-hmm. Here's an example: I used to be a big fan of Japanese manga and am- anime. Uh-huh. I went to Japan for a couple of months uh, a while ago, and I purchased a, y- a yukata, uh, which is a summer kimono. Huh. Under the uh, cultural appropriation rules, am I even allowed to do that? I don't want to offend anyone. I just like how it looks, and I like Japanese culture. And obviously, I wouldn't, would not pretend to know it at all. <clears throat> Here's another example. I discovered recently a band called The Boss Hoss. It's a German band that do country music. Uh, I get that there is no popular or no, practic- no particular oppression of Americans by Germans or vice versa. But how is that not, a cult- not cultural appropriation in some way? Does it mean that only U.S. citizens are allowed to do country music? Uh, I don't think anybody should be allowed to do country music. <laughs> As a humanist, I want to live in a world without cultural boundaries, where people are appreciated mm. and respected for who they are. Mm-hmm. I see group cultures as a way uh, to create us versus the, uh, an us-versus-them narrative. I don't mean that group culture shouldn't exist, but the you are not a part of the group and you don't get to use elements of our culture approach seems very d- divisive and goes against my humanist principles. I would love to hear your opinion on this issues, uh, on this issue. Uh, thanks for the great show, Adrian. All right. Well, thank <clears throat> you, Adrian. Thanks for uh, writing in and for getting us into what will inevitably be a lot of hot water. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess we should start with the preface. That says that we are two white guys. White males. White males. Um, and so... Both, both cisgender. Yes. Uh, you are gay. So I'm gay, so it. there's a little something there. But not much. But, uh, we don't the, have a lot to go on here. <laughs> uh, at least as not, far as like personal experience. As far and, as our background, right. And uh, and and speaking uh, you know, as members of a... you know. A specific group, right? Uh, who's you know whose whose culture is appropriated, is appropriated or, or right? Whatever. Exactly. I, th- I think so. So, with that caveat in mind, and we do want to be very clear that we understand that we are not exactly the right people to be talking about this. Uh, in, well, in, in we we have a, we have limited perspective, personal perspective, right? On it. Yes, and so we don't have an experiential 
way of talking about this. But we, we can all... speak about it from our understanding of the issue. Right. And all we're intending to do here is open the dialogue. We want right. to open the conversation and, and we invite anyone else who has a... a something to add mm-hmm. to be a part of this conversation absolutely whether it's asking whether it's questioning us on some of the things that we're asserting or yeah. you know um correcting things that we might misstate whatever sure. we want to hear it all right we're not intending to be uh contrary to what i said at the beginning of the show we're this is the opposite of us presenting ourselves as experts on this at all no. uh yeah. but we'll 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 take some stabs and see where we go yeah um, well, Adrian asked the question, and he asks us this right. question. So. Right. Um, and, and it's a really good question. Uh, cultural, so, so we got, I mean, there's this fuzzy line between cultural appreciation mm-hmm. and cultural appropriation. Right. Or ex- <clears throat> maybe cultural exchange. Right. Right. That. So, uh, so that, that becomes, that, that, this is our launching point. Um, <clears throat> he's, he's right that. It can be a little tricky to know where it's okay. Right. Is the kimono okay? Um, right. The easiest place to start for me, I think, uh, is to look at the American tradition of Halloween, where the oh, most egregious yes. appropriation we've seems talked to about happen. it in that context. We as have. Well. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, so, so things like if someone wears blackface. Um, or, it, you know, it, even if they're trying to be, you know, you, we have a friend who wanted to make a, a costume that was based on a pun that had nothing to do with race, but it was based on a very specific person. Uh-huh. It, was, it, was, it was Ice Cube. Ice Cube. He wanted yeah. to do an Ice Cube uh, costume in reference as a clever way of tying into his daughter's uh, Elsa from, from Frozen, Frozen yeah. costume. Uh-huh. I think that that's a clever association to make. Yeah. Uh, and he uh, is not a racist person. No, not at all. At all? No. So I. So it's like, <clears throat> why can't he, I do that? Is, and is, he, had, is, he had a hard is, time is, understanding it. And, uh, and ultimately, I just looked at him and I, and I said, just trust me, you can't. <laughs> like, we've right. talked about this for a while now. I hear what you're saying that you just wish that you lived in a in a in a society where that wasn't an issue. And we hear that we hear that being expressed by uh, Adrian. by Adrian as yeah. well. You know, people who have who don't have racist intentions right. in 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 their action. Right? They're not thinking about that other group as uh, lesser. Right. right, right, or inferior to their group, they have some some desire to either an affinity for that group or whatever, um, or as isn't the case with our friend, just trying to make one specific reference, yeah, uh, for yeah. something that has nothing to do with race. Right, if Ice Cube had been white, he could have gotten away with it. Right, it would have worked great. Right, so where's the problem? <clears throat> is it was his question and i'm afraid frank that for the purposes of this discussion we can't just say it's just not okay <laughs> <clears throat> well i was just trying to save him from right. becoming a uh a, a meme on <laughs> on yeah right <laughs> exactly i think that part of the issue is that uh is is that what you're doing i mean so really what we're talking about is something different than that but it's culture and we're talking about a a, a dominant culture or or a culture that's that's in power mm-hmm. uh taking something from a marginalized culture right 
and uh, and and not using it in a way that that ex- that, that that honors that culture, right? But rather in a way that's just flippant, right? Um, so anytime you do that, whether it's that or whether it's you know or what, or I th- I, there was a really good example in um, I think it was both we we watched a little video mm. before you know we we decided to talk about this and I continued to do a little bit of reading and whatnot and it's an example that kept coming up in the different articles I was that I, and it had to do with specifically African Americans. And hairstyles, mm. and so like let's let's the the examples cornrows, sure. Right? Um, when an African American goes in to any situation with cornrows, there's an assumption about that person, about what that means what for that, means who that person about is, them, right? right. Um, is that appropriate for the workplace? Right. right, is a question that that their white bosses might end up asking them. Right. People, right. people have been fired for a hairstyle. Right. That, but if but when you see it occur in pop culture and on you a have white, a white person. person who decides to do cornrows, it's taken in a totally different way. Right. Right. It's it's, it's edgy. It's, yeah. It's hip. It's fun. Right. And the person gets away with it. So right. in that res- in that sense and, you know, from a white perspective. It's hard to get to wrap your mind around that right from a black perspective if you see people you know if you if someone has been fired for wearing a hairstyle right and someone else wears that hairstyle and everybody goes oh fun right there's a problem there right and it's and and it's not and the person isn't wearing that hairstyle and saying this is to honor the culture of uh of black americans and african americans and and this and, is a, a representation of, of their culture. And I think it would be even more problematic if they did. Probably so. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it may... So, so there are certain expressions of culture and race that um, are traditional or inherent in that experience. Right. Right. Um, cornrows are just a nice, easy way to keep um, black hair. Yeah, right. The the really curly hair. It just that it, it just it, keeps it, it all together. It right. makes it easy to, to maintain and 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 that exactly. Sort of it makes very little sense when you have you know long straight hair. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also not an expression that your culture has 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 you know that hasn't been a style that white people sort of naturally gravitated to. Right. That's it's what I don't know if that was phrased perfectly correctly. Oh, believe but. me, kids, if you're expecting us to phrase everything in a way that's actually good, we're just no. But but yeah, I, we're going to say stuff you're going to have to forgive us for. Hear what I'm saying, please. Yeah, you know? exactly. And so that was one example that I kind of sat back and kind of thought about. And 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 it was like, OK, well, that 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 makes a little bit of sense to me. Well, and you, you know, you want to be able to say, but it's just a hairstyle. But guess what? Right. It's not just a hairstyle. It, no. It's more than a hairstyle. Right. Uh, and, and maybe there will come a time when it is just a hairstyle, but right. it's not that now. Right, exactly. Um, I also think of people who, like, think it's adorable to dress their children up as Indians for, uh, as, as American Indians for Thanksgiving. Right. Really? People do that? Oh, 
They dress their kids up for Thanksgiving? Sure. It's okay. pilgrims and Indians. Okay. All and, right. And they think that that's cute, and they think that that's honoring because, it, you know, everybody sat at the table together, and it was, mm-hmm. you know, we're telling the story of the first Thanksgiving, and never mind that you're getting it entirely wrong, but that doesn't matter, like, historically speaking. <laughs> the fact of the matter is that white folks dressing their kids in, you know, these, first of all, none too authentic uh, versions of N- Native American uh, clothing mm-hmm. wildly problematic because in part you are the you are from the culture that ruined their entire way of life right you are part of the culture that genocided the fuck out of them right and now you're saying but it's cute when we dress our kids like that yeah I think part of the issue, I think this is, this gets at the crux of something, which is that if you think, if you think, oh, it's cute, or if you do like, I'm sexy Indian for Halloween, or I'm sexy geisha for Halloween, or whatever, you're not thinking of these as, as this as a culture. Right. You're thinking of it as a funny thing. Right. You're not thinking of them as people. You're thinking of them as a costume. Right. When and that's re- not right. That's that's where we run into real problems. When you're reducing it all down to one expression of their culture. and Right. And, and you don't even care and about the culture. sexy expression. You don't care about yeah. the culture at all. What you care about is uh, using something that they've, the, something from their culture mm-hmm. for your cutesy purposes. Right. And that's not honoring a culture at all. No. That's actually, that that's dehumanizing. Right. So I guess the, a question that comes up and maybe it's the kimono question, mm. right? It's Adrian's kimono question, which is you, you, you go on a trip, right? Right. And you, there, there's some, something there, you know, his, his example is great. He goes to Japan. He sees a kimono that he likes. He, yeah. He's there for a couple and, months. Right. He's spending some time there. Um, and he gets this as, um, as, as a souvenir, as a reminder of his time there, right. of what he appreciated and learned about the culture, so forth and so on. He's literally history. wrapping himself in the culture that he loves. We're assuming that he wears it. Right. He might have just purchased it to have it. Just to have it as to, a pretty thing. As a pretty thing, right? Maybe he does wear it as a, as a, as a robe. Um, where does that fall in here, it's right? It's a great question, and I don't know that I have an answer. I, th- I, my, I mean, and I want to hear what you have to say about this, but my initial response is that falls into the, into the purview of cultural exchange. Which, of, right. Like, I'm honoring their culture. I'm, I'm reminding, I'm, I've bought something specifically for the purposes of reminding myself of this culture that I've loved. Right. And <laughs> I, because, I mean, there's a long tradition of going places and buying a souvenir right yes. buying something and souvenirs have you know they they can be you know you can think about souvenir shop they mm-hmm. can be trite and trivial or whatever but nonetheless not to equate buying like this piece of art right, right? um w- with something that's trite or trivial but like like i just i think that there's value in that i think, I, so I think too. that there's you're, you're taking home something um as you know, some you, you felt a connection in that moment, and I think that that's a good thing. I think there needs to be exchange 
like that. But you need to watch um, what you're doing because you need to understand the significance of the thing itself. Well, I wouldn't go parading around in it. No. But if you if it's your bathrobe, I don't think that you that there's any problem with that. And and because it, it's a pretty bathrobe that but but you don't feel like when you put it on that you're now all of a sudden representing things that are Japanese. You're not making yourself Japanese. You're not buying into the culture. Right. Right. You're not um and again, you're not parading around and doing Japanesey things, right? Doing a little shuffle, you know, you know, and uh, painting your face in a particular way, and donning these things that start to become incredibly insensitive, right? About the other people, you're not doing the thing that Katy Perry did, and in the video we watched, it pointed out that Katy Perry did a whole like, like Japanese uh, aesthetic um, video uh-huh. in which she was wearing actually something that was Chinese. <laughs> uh, and then the other girls were all in Japanese sort of like right. almost geisha stuff. And like, if, that's the other thing. If you, if you do have something of another culture, uh-huh. understand what it represents to them. Right. Know what that is. Right. If it's just a piece of clothing that they just wear every day. Cool. You could probably even wear that if you thought it was cool. And right. that's probably fine. But if it's something that's sacred to them. Right. Um, might not be cool. Right, 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 right. Or if it's something that's only worn on a specific occasion for a specific thing, and you start wearing that as fashion, right? You're probably do- you're you're falling afoul of, of of cultural appropriation, right? And it's not like anybody can stop you. It's just a dick move. All we're talking about here is not being a dick. Right. It's not like it's not. There are no laws against cultural right. appropriation. You can do whatever you want in right. the U.S. Anyway. Okay, then um, along the lines of like. You know, souvenirs. Yeah. Um, you go on a trip to Africa. Yeah. You know, some part, you know, of Africa. You go to Tanzania or and whatever. You, you buy an African? And you, no, you buy some sort, <laughs> again, you, you'll see people put up maybe like um, masks, tribal right. masks that right. they collected while on their trip. And they'll, they'll put that up in, you know, on a wall in their, in their living room. Sure. What is that? I don't know. I think you have to know what it is. Okay. I think that the best the best way not to run afoul of being a dick uh-huh. is uh, before you buy the mask, uh-huh. learn about it. Okay. Learn what it is. Uh, learn if you're if you're uh, a, if you're trying to like just take something from their culture that that has deep meaning to them, mm-hmm. and for you it's just decoration. Right. Then you've gone. Then you know you've done something wrong. So would the difference be <clears throat> you went and visited the place, and 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 purchase the, the, the mask there rather than going to pier one yeah, and they, buying a knockoff that's mass produced and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think because I mean th- there, that seems like a great example of that's somebody who is selling a knockoff cultural artifact. Right. I think that's problematic. Uh, that does seem like a, a a problem to or me. you know all the people and and we're getting into some gray area here man because like there are, I don't, that one doesn't seem too that gray one doesn't seem too gray but like i know a lot of people who are very uh very hip to the whole cultural appropriation thing but still have a buddha in their house and mm. they're not buddhists yeah uh that's a weird that's weird to me that seems culturally <laughs> sketchy i think you're a little sketchy what? But I'll tell you what. Well, oh, do you have a Buddha in yeah, your I've house? Yeah, I've got two of them. 
I went to Chinatown and purchased those myself. <laughs> and it's not like I'm an, I'm an offender too, not with a Buddha, but Lord knows <laughs> I've been caught. You know, I have a propensity to do accents every now and then. Uh-oh. I'll just, you know, whatever. Yeah. One day I was just, I just didn't even realize what I was doing. I'm with a friend uh, who, ha- who was African-American and I just start doing a, like we were talking about something that happened with African-Americans in the South mm-hmm. and I jump into an accent Uh-oh. and just like make fun of it as I do. And he was, he just looked at me and went, oh, you're doing a black accent, are you? <laughs> and I was like, uh, w- um, yeah, I guess I was doing that. <laughs> and ever since I've been like, oh shit. Oh, damn. But I love doing accents, but I get it. No. Oh, God damn. Damn. Well, I I think part of it, Dan. It's hard for us white folks to see these things. Well, and you grew up in an area where you doing the doing certain, in in particular, certain accents, you were never going to get in trouble for it. No. no. Nobody was ever going to be right around the corner. And, and be like, come walking around the corner right after you just did something which might be offensive. Right. Yeah. And there's obviously there was no racist intent. In no, it. of course not. And no, uh, but that's not the point. But that's not the point. <laughs> and that's the thing that we're probably going to hear a bit from. Yeah. A bit of from 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 some listeners. Yeah. Because um, believe is, it or not, we actually have some black listeners uh, to our show. Well, no, I'm saying white listeners. Oh, white, go, oh. But I don't mean anything racist. Yeah, I'm afraid that's not a valid argument in this question. Right. Uh, the question is not your in- whether or not your intent is to be offensive. Right. Uh, that has nothing to do with it. Right. Unfortunately, uh, it would be nice if that was all that was looked at was intent. Right. But it's a deeper issue than that. It's, it's yeah. And it's super easy to be a dick without intending to be a dick. Right. It's super easy to be a jerk and not know it. Right. Uh, especially when you're in the uh, the majority group. Yeah. I wanted to talk about an example that I think relates to your culture, and uh, that, that being that of the gays. Oh, oh okay. Because gays have, there is a bit of gay culture that mm-hmm. can be appropriated, and I wanted to uh, hear- But there's a lot of gay culture that is an appropriation of other of things. Of other culture. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and marginalized mm-hmm. cultures. Sure is. <laughs> girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It, it's crazy. Marginalized cultures appropriate each other. Borrow from each other. All the time. Yeah. And, and not just borrow. Appropriate. Appropriate. You're in right. a bad way. Yeah. I want, but I wanted to talk about, I mean, and we can get to how like gay culture appropriates black culture, uh-huh. which happens. Oh, yeah. But also, I wanted to talk about... Uh, do you recall the 90s, perhaps even the 80s, uh, when Vogue by Madonna came oh, out? Yeah. Ma- that was a dick move by Madonna. Well, it's so weird because she took a thing that was underground New York oh, gay yeah. culture. Oh, yeah. And, and like she- black gay, co- underground African-American gay culture was it specific was it specifically it was, black uh-huh. gay it's black uh and they and she took it and mind you at that time let us recall that madonna was kind of the crown princess of the gays uh-huh in that time right and then she goes and profits off of a very off of a very like sort of just 
puerile version yeah. of this very gritty thing that was happening in New York. Right, right, right. And to be fair, to a certain extent, to Madonna, uh-huh. um, peace be upon her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly um, the point. Um, it, it was actually one of the dancers who came from this specific scene who ended up being her choreographer. Right. So, I mean, so there was this, like, he shows up and, like, I mean, she's wanting, she's definitely wanting this one specific thing that's coming from this one specific place. And she she hires one of the guys to be a choreographer. Right. Right. And so, like. But then she's not from the culture and she profits and from. She profits big time from From, from just taking yeah. something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no fairness there, actually. And then. She, she totally appropriated. Like, straight that. white Dan. Uh-huh. Is in his little high school or whatever doing those same moves as a joke because <laughs> I think it's funny. Right. When I'm in high school. Right. Uh, yeah. These are the problems. These yeah. are the issues that are at hand. Yeah. I don't think we're solving this problem. No, no, no. Here, we're, no, but, we're not solving anything. At least we, we can, will not solve it. At least we can point right out now. what the issue, what some of the issues are. Yeah. You know, I mean, that that's an interesting one. Um, I don't know. Like, the gay thing is bizarre to me. The, the, I mean, yes, the appropriation of black culture. Mm-hmm. Seems completely egregious. It is. Uh, and then I see, you know, I see drag, and I don't know if that's appropriating sort of female I know. culture. Like, I don't know where that line is drawn. I know. Well, the thing about the, what's interesting is you're talking about this Vogue thing. That was, It was specifically a drag thing that, right. that Voguing came out of. Yeah. Right. Um, so is Madonna as a woman just taking it back? <laughs> she's just stealing it back she reappropriated she's it like first. give me that <laughs> nope you did it like a woman it's mine uh, i don't know where any of this lands i mean all of this is cr- i mean it's, it's kind of nutty it's tough because it's- the, and there are black there's like black culture that you know you you see people like pharrell who like this video that we watched pointed out pharrell wore an indian headdress mm-hmm uh, in a thing and had to apologize for that yeah. and he and did apologize thank god well done right. but also like you know black culture you, i've seen music videos where you know somebody's in a sari and it's all indian and all yeah. that stuff and she's african-american and it's like yeah it's it's a quagmire man well i mean and it is but it's about it is but i think that the but, crux of it is it's about are you honoring or are you Taking something and not honoring it. Well, and one of the really big things here is um, groups that are in power versus groups that are not in power. And that's a huge thing. And so when it's um, white America, right? Right. Appropriating X, Y, or Z from any of the groups, any of the uh, the minority groups in this country, well, there's a, there's a serious, serious problem there. Right. Uh, and a problem that white people aren't necessarily going to see. No, I know. That's that's the hard part. That's what's hard about this right. is that we have to actually like you have to understand we, what your privilege means. We or, don't have experience that can teach this to us. Right. We have to actually learn this intellectually. Right. Because our experience won't tell us this. You right. and I were talking Frank about uh about Carnivale in uh in uh Venice. Venice, yeah. Um which is actually sort of roughly equivalent to Boxing Day in England, to the traditions of Boxing Day actually I realized. Really? Yeah, which is to do with um the Please. poor taking on the roles of the rich and the rich taking on the roles of the poor and there's right. this sort of exchange there. Because the 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 real cultural, I mean like the one that I've always been 
really familiar with is is Mardi Gras. Right. It's I mean they're the you know this this big mess of like but anyway. But that's not to do with what we were talking about. You no, were talking no. about how in in Carnivale in Venice there was this there was this tradition. Why don't you explain what it is? Well, no. I mean part of part of the 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 the, the wealthy would dress up like the poor and the poor would dress up as princes and whatnot. And this was a common um thing that was going on during Carnivale. Right. It wasn't the only thing going on. And there was like, even a culture, like, like they even participated in each other's cultures. A yeah, there, there was a little bit of crossover from my understanding of it. And, uh, and so for a night you would get to be a prince and you'd get treated a bit like a prince. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and the, 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 a, a prince might dress as a, as a pauper. Right. right? And, uh, and go and kind of mix and mingle with with you know with the, the regular old poppers right? <laughs> right and uh and and have have his merry old time as ho oh, 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 look at me right you know? and and to and, some extent like i can see some value in that i yeah. can see some value like perhaps these uh wealthy people got a little tiny glimpse into uh in in into something that you know yeah maybe but also but i mean I, like you were saying earlier like um, if you're one of the, you know, the, the peasants with whom this prince is now mingling, it, it's not going to feel good. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels, it might feel a little strange. It's, I mean, it's like, like, you know, if you're, if you're a wealthy person and poor people are dressing as you mm -hmm. and you, you know that there's no threat to you there, mm -hmm. you look at that and you go, oh, that's adorable. Look mm -hmm. at how cute they are. They're dressing like me. Right. They're dressing like a rich person. Right. Oh, I think they're doing so great. Good for them. Right. If you're a pauper and you see a wealthy person trying, you know, ratty up some of their their own shittiest clothes or uh -huh. go out and buy some clothes to make look awful and maybe dirty their face Put or whatever. Some soot on their face, yeah. Uh, you're not going to think that's cute. Well, yeah. Uh, you're going to think that Prince didn't show up hungry. No. Right. That Princeton has that never has had the no experience of cultural experience. <clears throat> Excuse me. Has no experience. No. Has, and, has nothing to draw upon to understand your day to day. Right. And I think that's that for me. I mean, I don't know uh, what metaphors are going to hit for other people, but that hit for me hmm. because I, I, you know, I can imagine myself being poor mm -hmm. uh, and, and seeing someone who doesn't understand your experience of the world at all and only sees outward shows of it mm -hmm. and only understands the outwardness of it mm -hmm. come in and participate in the outwardness of it and then walk away feeling great about themselves right you know maybe they gave away some presents while they were doing it or whatever right and then they get to walk away thinking i participated in that i feel great mm. i understand it mm -hmm. and they don't no and there's no there was no participation there was just this small interaction with it right and uh, and and they walk away with no understanding and they get to be like feel great about themselves right uh that's not uh of any use to anyone in the uh marginalized group mm -mm. that's just shitty mm -hmm. and like you know and i think that's the point the point is that the marginalized groups already have a shitty deal they already yeah. get a slight a shittier deal than than the non-marginalized right. groups so, so, so we do don't need to make it any worse. I do want to go back to, and I don't know if this is just going to open up a whole whole new can of worms. Oh, or dear. But back to the, the whole gay thing, because you, you okay. were like, oh, you gays, you appropriated black people, or black culture, blah, blah, blah. And, and you marched <laughs> no, no, right no. on. Okay, yeah, we need and to get so to And so I feel yes. a little um, um, 
I wasn't talking about you, by the way. I don't think I've ever seen you even come close to appropriating black culture. Um, but what I do think is interesting, and, and so I started down this road of, well, it's power versus the, the, it's the powerful group versus the less powerful group. Right. Right. And so I think there was definitely a time in the gay, in gay history, in, in, in sort of the gay American experience. Right. Where a fellow sort of put upon group was the African American community. Sure. And um and so I don't know how I feel about that crossover and that sort of that that appropriation. Yeah. Um there you know, th- th- these were gay men getting through some pretty shitty stuff and they were just trying to you know And trying to find their own culture. Kind, trying exactly. to find out who they are yeah. as a group. And, and so, there were black gays. There were black gays. Who were offering some very interesting culture yeah. at the time. And they, they, you know, I mean, this whole voguing thing and the, you know, I mean, you, you should watch the, the documentary Paris is Burning if you want to know more about, right. about Vogue and where it comes from and, and that subculture. Um, but nonetheless, you know, I think it might be something that today's gay men need to reexamine. Yeah. Um, if, if, if they are the, the still of that ilk of doing a lot of borrowing from African-American culture, because while we're still not a fully like recognized and protected group, um, you know, it's, I'm sorry, I don't have an experience that's anything like um, the African-American experience. Right. I don't. And I think that that's happening, actually. I th- as a matter of fact, the the only gay people that I still experience do- doing that whole, uh, so that sort of blackish mm-hmm. gay thing uh-huh. are middle-aged. Oh, really? Okay. I don't, I don't find young, young guys doing, right. doing the whole snaps with the girl. Oh, no, you didn't, girl. Uh-huh. Oh, get over here, girl. You look so good. No, right. that's all older gays huh now i guess that's true that is true so it's interesting it's all changing yeah it's all i mean so the so the community you would say is sort of naturally it's progressing ha- because i mean and i think I, that a lot of young gay guys would be horrified right by all the all oh, yeah. stuff well and, and you know the fact of the matter is i don't feel that sort of i i i don't know I don't, I don't feel that being gay anymore is that shitty of a thing, right? Right. It's still a bit of a raw deal. It's, it's a, a bit a, of a... It's a more raw deal than being straight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the... I mean, I think that's the whole... There's, there's the still something there. That, right. You know, having, uh, you know, being LGBT still is not, you know, it's no cakewalk still to this day, especially for some people. Right. Right. Um, but there are some people who have a great life their whole life being gay now yeah so i mean i think that's the point the point is uh it doesn't the point is that if you're at the top if if you're if there's nothing about who you are as you are born uh uh, that is culturally uh somehow marginalized no matter what the degree right then you need to just be extra careful about it this is something that I think atheists should just get and understand. Like, yeah. just come on, people. Yeah. You know, we are members of a group that is uh, uh, lacks power. Yeah. 
in, in this atheists country. are definitely a marginalized group. I absolutely. think that that's that's absolutely true, and and it's and it's something that we can that we can claim uh, uh, without any hesitation. But the difference is we don't have a shared culture right. that is atheist, and so it can be difficult, I think, at times for atheists to immediately recognize. That's how, true. Because it's, I think there's it, nothing it to helps, appropriate from it atheism. It helps when something. Uh, this is this is phrased terribly, but I think it probably helps someone understand what cultural appropriation is when they are a member of a group that has had something appropriated from them. Right. Because you can yeah. you can you can see it, you feel it. It's visceral. Right. And there's no denying that it happened. Yeah, that doesn't so, work so much with atheism, unfortunately. No. There's nothing there. So, I, you know, a guy like me, even though, like, I am part of a marginalized group, that being atheism, I got nothing else to draw on. It's This is all an intellectual discussion for me. Right. But it's still an important one, so I'm willing to have it's it. It's kind of a bullshit minority group. Ours? <laughs> atheism? God, we suck. Where's our culture? God, oh, it's amazing. Oh, it's the worst. We're we're the shittiest of all of the marginalized groups. <laughs> anyway, if you have something you'd like to add to this conversation, and I'm guessing you do, uh, please feel free to write to us. We'd love to hear yes, from please. you. Uh, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Right. Uh, continue amongst yourselves uh, this conversation on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. And while you're on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge yep. and request to join. Yep. Uh, we'll close group. We'll see you there. Uh, thanks to Mackenzie for all of her hard work on the Facebook page. We sure appreciate that. And thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of your music. Fine, fine uh, gypsy jazz music. Indeed. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. We sure do appreciate it. Bye. Bye.